speak about it. No matter how much I speak about it, it still evokes that emotion. So for me, at 13, um, either I found the LA River or the LA River found me, uh, but it was around by your school, right in uh, Atwater, Frogtown then, where um, you know I saw this river that was channelized but also had a soft bottom, had an area that trees were growing out of it and it reminded me of <clears throat> that relationship that I had. And so it's been a relationship that's been evolving ever since then here for me in this country in Los Angeles uh, with the LA River. I think I, I look at my life every 10 years and see, well, what took place? How did it work? What worked well? What didn't? And then what's the 10 years ahead going to look like to work well? And the river has always been part of that planning process in my life. Um, in my late 30s, I got married in the LA River. I got married close in the Sepulveda Basin, uh, uh, right uh, where where we are. Um, and we, you know, we had kayaks in the river, and we got married in the river, and officiated by someone that works on river stuff. And I was there. yeah, Mark was there. <laughs> he can he can he can attest to that. We had a lot of fun, um, and you know, pretty much once a week I spent time in the river. I tell you this uh, because it's important for us to share um, not what we do all the time, but also why we do it. And to me, uh, why I do the work I do is because of that connection. And um, you know, it's, as a result of that, I've uh, committed myself to giving back to what's given me so much, which is water and in particular in the form of rivers. Um, you know, I, I, I've been, been very fortunate now to serve on uh, boards that work with youth to get youth to the outdoors and expose them and to build that relationship. Uh, um, I serve on boards that uh, connect adults to those memories that they had in their countries of origin, that there's opportunities to do that here. And then I've also been very fortunate to serve on boards that make decisions, um, for example, the Metropolitan Water Board that oversees delivery to 19 million people in Southern California, and I'm one of 38 that makes those decisions, uh, and we're currently in the process of looking at what the uh, future looks like. The other thing that I'm very fortunate about, and the, the hat that I'm wearing today, is that I get to work for a tribe. I get to work for the Fernandeño Tatavian Band of Mission Indians, whose land we stand on today. This is territory and, and very particular uh, close to the president because this is this is his village. This is where his lineage comes from. So on behalf of the tribal president and of the Fernandeño Tatavian Band of Mission Indians, welcome to, to their land and, and we appreciate you coming out to learning more about this relationship with water. So if you had a chance to look at Donald C. Tillman, and I know Kat spoke about water infrastructure uh, uh, as it is today and, and, and perhaps as what you saw that recycling of water is where it is tomorrow. I kind of want to bookend a little bit of where it all started. And so, uh, you know, tribes have been caring for their land in time immemorial. Time, uh, the tribes have had a relationship with nature and water, uh, not so much of ownership, but of caring for it uh, 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 to ensure that 
it continues to be available for future generations. And you know, if you if you're unlike water rights in California, where you you're the first one in, you're the first one for that right. There was this different responsibility with tribes that yeah, if you're in the upper areas of where the land is and water is, you knew that not to take so much that the people below wouldn't have access to it. You knew not to morph the land in ways that you would limit that water to people below it. And you certainly knew that activities you did up above also impacted the water quality for the people below and so forth. And then you knew that water cycled. Um, you know, I, I, I remember when uh, Andy Lipkes um, became very popular. Andy Lipkes was the founder of Tree People, a dear friend. But he became very popular when he started introducing the idea of infiltrating water into the ground as local measures for water security. But it also reminded me of Machu Picchu, <laughs> where you know you had torrential rains of 80 inches <laughs> in a period of you know three four days, and somehow, let me not say somehow, the folks figured out with the tribal knowledge of how to manage those rains and also provide in that remote area how to use the materials that were there to make fountains. They had like 18 fountains that were available for drinking and how to move that water around so that the village could continue uh, uh, to thrive. And so uh, the Fernandeño um, has embarked um, most recently in the last five years with intentionality to figure out, and let me say this, that I, I think when you think about tribes, it's very easy to romanticize and say, oh yeah, the tribe that was here then. And because you don't see folks with regalia or with feathers or with outfits that remind, that have been portrayed in the movies, you, you, you sort of feel like the, there's no presence of tribes currently here. But they're here. <laughs> they're here. They've been here and they're currently here and they will be here for generations to come. One of the things that we've embarked on is how do we map where we want to be as it relates to climate? How do we gather the data that's currently, that can currently be available to, through Western science and make and, and, and combine that with traditional ecological knowledge so that we can come up with solutions that serve nature, that serve the current generation, and, the, and how do we mix that with the current infrastructure, new solutions, so that we can continue to thrive in the future. I'm gonna you know, pass it around, and maybe not right now, but it'll be here available, but we, we just released our Tribal Climate Resiliency Framework Plan. It took us about 18 months to develop where we went out to our tribal citizens and we went out to the community at large and started trying to identify what are the things that are important to people as it relates to, to, to climate. One of the things that really went to the top of it, but it's very relatable, is what happens when there's no, when I, when I turn on the light and there's no energy. Uh, we live in an area in the San Fernando Valley where you know, it's projected to increase by eight degrees to be hotter. So it's gonna get hotter and it's gonna 
be hotter for longer periods of time. Um, so obviously important to us is fire and that fire ecology, fire has been suppressed so much that you know it's harder to, to manage today because of that suppression that we didn't allow nature to to uh, do what it had to do and you know population growth but I think there's a lot of opportunities for us to do today and then of course water water um, is at the core of it all because uh, you could you don't have to travel um, you certainly have to breathe so air is important to us as well but, but we're paying a lot of attention to water we launched um, most recently last year, a Tribal Conservation Corps program was the first in the state that got funded specifically to look at how we bring youth into uh, this workforce related to land management. Because we can't do this just with volunteers. Volunteers, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for taking time out of your life to care for it. But we gotta figure out how we really uh, bring in youth into this land management because a lot of people that are in that business today are retiring and so what are we doing and so we want to make sure that tribal youth or indigenous youth uh even if you're not from here but you you come with because everybody comes with those indigenous roots based on where you were born um, but if you're here you know how do we engage you uh and how do what what sort of training programs can be developed uh, to ensure that there's a place that pays for you to be part of this work that others get an opportunity to do, but sometimes we don't. So we're, we're very excited about that. Um, we're excited about the opportunity to work with allies. You know, Clock Shop is, is an entity that, you know, the tribal president has been at forums. I've had the, the pleasure of knowing Julia for a while. Um, you know, my work really in the LA River started in, 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 in Atwater uh, uh, around that area uh, when the city of LA started developing um, its um, master plan for the, for the river for the city of Los Angeles back in 2007. And, you know, we've been, 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 been track, I've been tracking that, that for a while. Um, so I guess what, what I'll say is, you know, uh, I'll end with what was said to me six years ago by a tribal elder from the Lakota. And we were at a conference in Denver, and uh, it's words that are, are haunting in a way of evoking action. And so when I say they've been haunting for me, it's, it's that. It, it, it's created a sense of uh, urgency. And I hope that you take it as that too, that um, we are not waiting for climate change, we're in the middle of it. And um, new data is coming, but the data we have is enough to evoke the need to take every immediate action today. Um, we can't wait. And so what the Lakota elder told me is that we, all of us here, are currently living in our children's past. So knowing that, that we are currently living in our children's past, there is no excuse. And we should not end up lamenting that we could have, we should have, only if we had, 
but that the time to take action is now. Um, the tribe is open arms. You have to understand there's issues of trust <laughs> uh, uh, um, because of the broken promises. But our tribe is, is open arms to um, trying to work together for the betterment of our community, for the betterment of the tribal citizens, and of course for the betterment of the land because if we all take care of the land then this is land that um, you know it's it's not just a tree but it's a relative if you talk to the Fernandeño all everything is, is relative so it, when I started my conversation about relationships again very fortunate to be able to continue to work on issues and work with people and allies that are looking at continuing to evolve to making our relationships better with what takes care of us. So with that, I'll end it. Thank you so much, Jude. Thank you all for the opportunity. Oh, and I have the pleasure then, impromptu, of introducing someone that I've known for a while. Mark Hanna, he'll tell you who he is and what he does. But let me tell you, this is someone that I've looked to uh, when it comes to data and to keeping it real. There, there was this one model that was developed um, 